Welcome back to the Dream Lab series podcast where we take you behind the mindset of high achievers. I'm Audrey Diaz-Robles and I am your life and confidence coach. I'm Sabrina Castillo and I'm your life and business coach. So Sabrina, today we wanted to talk about expectations and failures because we've all been there, right? We have this, especially us as Latina women, we're always talking about this checklist of things that we have in life. And we take these goals so personally. It's like achieving them is tied to our identity and whether we are literally a success or a failure in life, right? Yeah, it's interesting because I I think about that a lot and I work with women where if something doesn't go a certain way, because in business, right, even if there's a loss of money or if there's you, you launch something and it doesn't really go the way you planned, there's always this thing about like, oh, like I failed and maybe I shouldn't be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. The reality is it's not really how it works, but that comes from that expectation right? That expectation of like, somehow along the way, growing up or through our upbringing, if it wasn't perfect, probably has to do with the way that we were graded and the way that we were recognized for those grades, that it all leads back to, I failed. And things that don't work doesn't mean that you failed, right? It's all information that we get to learn and see what worked, what didn't. Because the flip side of that is when things are successful, we're quick to celebrate and you should marinate in your wins for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you still have to evaluate in big teams. Like when I ran a team, we still had a debriefing meeting, even when things went well, because you still want to ask yourself, did why did that go well? We never ask ourselves that. And even if it went well, was it worth the effort and resources? I mean, there's so many questions, right? But like you said, it all boils down to how we feel when one goal doesn't really go the way we want it to. I think that this is why mindset is so important. Because as I look back at my life and my journey, and I've shared some of it before, I don't think anything I ever planned really came out the way I expected it to. Right. And, and I was able to find success, but then something would happen and I would get like disenchanted or then the goal changed and something else happened. And I quickly learned to teach myself how to just change mental gears so that I don't personalize that as a, as a failure. And I think to myself, well, you know what? That just wasn't for me. Because if we think about it, if we really sit and think about it, we always have a choice. We always have an option, even if we don't like it. So the choice sometimes is to like, do I let this thing define me, bring me down, have me quit and just stop dead in my tracks? Or how else can I look at this? What's the silver lining? And even if the silver lining isn't apparent at first, if it takes weeks, months, even years to look back at something and see why it didn't work out and why it was best for us, just the energy that you give to staying in that dead place robs you of so much life that you could be living right now. Yeah. You know what I love 
okay, I shouldn't say I love, because like I would never wish this on anybody, but mm-hmm. I love hearing entrepreneurs talk about when they lose like millions, right? Again, not that I love it. It sucks they had to go through that. And I certainly don't want to go through that. But what I love is that there are proof, they themselves by telling their story are proof that you don't, your life and your dreams and your goals and your businesses and just yourself, the way that you perceive yourself doesn't mean that you don't get to keep going just because you had a major loss, right? And I really admire and really try to study how they, like, how did they shift that, right? And what it all boils down to for me is like, wow, they must have had a belief in themselves already rooted. I'm sure there was times where they went through something like, maybe this is really my sign, right? Maybe this is something I shouldn't be doing. But it all comes down to that belief, right? At some point, they had to pull themselves out of mm-hmm. something. And it wasn't the financial piece first, right? I think at a glance, you're, people would probably think like, like, okay, how did they rebuild their money? How did they do this? And how did they how did they just get out of that like mental, I don't even know what to call it because there's got to be funk. like, like <laughs> the ultimate funk, right? How do you yeah. get out of that ultimate funk to even start thinking that you can rebuild something? I love that because I think that that's another really important piece to this is, you know, we, we've seen it around when people are like, oh, don't compare, you know, your chapter nine to somebody else's chapter 47 or, you know, not everything is as cool as it looks on social media. But have you really internalized that? Yeah. Have you really sat down and looked into the stories of these people that you see as, quote unquote, overnight successes because they're not? Like we all like to use Kobe Bryant as an example. We love to see him shine when he used to play on the Lakers. And we hear about all of these amazing stories, but that Mamba mentality that he's known for, it's being the first person at a game to practice and the last one to leave. It's the repetition of working and working and working on something until it hurts. Yeah. It's really, like you said, creating that mindset. And funny, you mentioned Kobe. I'm reading 11 Rings. Mm. Um, and, you know, Phil Jackson is somebody who has coached the best of the best, right? And he's, he, he talks about it very early in the book about how this really all boils down to getting players to play from a very from from a different place that they're not accustomed to, right? Because they really come in some of them with very ego driven careers, right? They've been celebrated. I mean, and now you're on a pro team. So he's like, the biggest challenge is trying to get some of the players to mature um, in their mindset, right? To know that when there is a loss, because he does talk about this. He goes, there are some young players who, when there's such a drastic loss, it's really hard for them to recover. And, you know, that happens to us, right? The first loss sucks. I mean, my first big loss that I saw as a loss, uh, let's see. I want to say, I'm counting guys. <laughs> it took me like six years to recover. Wow. Yeah. 
so for most people who know, like I was a publicist and I think, you know, that saying like, if you're at the right place at the right time, the the stars will align and, and magic happens. That's true. Uh, and that luck is when, you know, opportunity presents um, preparation, right? I also think that's true, but that's why it's called luck. And you don't get to keep luck unless you're mentally prepared for all the things that come your way. And I'm not, I, I don't feel anymore, right? Audrey and I have had this conversation a lot. I don't feel any more shame like I used to about not knowing what I didn't know, mm-hmm. right? So now if something doesn't work out for me, I'm so mentally prepared for a lot. I don't want to say everything because I'm always growing, but I'm so mentally prepared for a lot that I, I recover from things very quickly. And when I say quickly, things now that used to maybe spiral me out that before used to take me like days to get over, takes me literally now, like sometimes just like a minute, which is insane. And that's the thing that we don't understand that we need so much. So I've, I had a loss in in the last two years um, that I'm not going to say broke me, but I will say that had me completely change my perspective on so many things. And like I said earlier, it's really about a choice. If you're going to let it get you down or you're going to let it help you grow. Because when we look back on our lives, I think that we can all agree that the hardest things that we've gone through are the things that have made us the strongest. It's like the Japanese art form of kutsugi, where, you know, if there's like a broken vase, you paint it gold in those areas. So it's not only stronger where it was broken, but it's more beautiful when it's broken. And when you go through things like this, with this mindset, of what can I learn from this and how can it make me better? There's so many beautiful things that you can glean from it, like humility. You know, I know Sabrina and I were having a conversation this morning about, about business. And we were talking about how at this point you have the humility to be able to have a different type of conversation with people that you wouldn't have had if everything is success and roses and pink champagne. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I posted about this, like this whole fake it till you make it. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's stacking the chips against you because you feel like you have to build this facade that you already feel inadequate about. And you're not going to go around telling people like, hey, I'm just trying to fake it here. Give me a, catch me some slack. Um, But if you believe, right, and you're in, like you said, you come from a place of humility, you'd be like, hey, I kind of really don't know what I'm doing. And this is what I do know. Can you help right. me X, Y, and Z, right? People love to help people. I mean, generally people love to help people. Yes. Most people you meet, if you ask them what they want to do, they're always come back with something like, I just want to help people. Right. So just think of that, right? How many times have you said you want to help people? So if you believe that, right, then the reality is, is like when you go to people, they're most likely going to want to help you. Um, and that's it. And, and I say that because it's so funny that the conversation was having was about business, like you said, but it, the reason why I felt like an aha moment when we were having this conversation 
was because the very first time that I pitched, um, actually, it was an Aventura single, and it was to the post that I, the very first time that I pitched it, the reporter wrote back to me, I mean, talk about making me feel like I was inadequate. It was like, basically, she was like, do you even know how to put a pitch together? Right? Mm. I mind you, I'm 23 wow. years old, you know? So no, I did not know how to put a pitch together. I mean, I knew what I learned in school and I knew what I learned from just starting to work, right? Not mm -hmm. from a place of experience. And so that did two things. And this is why the fake it till you make it doesn't work because it did two things. Yes, it, it hardened my shell and that like, that'll never happen to me again. And now I'm very good at pitching. <laughs> I think I told mm -hmm. Audrey like, I know when I'm going to get a yes, because I'm very good at like presenting and positioning myself. Mm -hmm. But also, I wasn't very humble about it. And I didn't take that as an opportunity to be like, how can I just get better? Right? How can I get better at communicating? Um, how can I just be honest with somebody and be like, no, can you explain to me like, what you think I could do better, whatever, and maybe she didn't want to help me. But again, that would have been on her and not me. Didn't I have the mindset I have now? Also at 23, I think now because of online spaces, there's I find a lot of young people with wanting to have a better mindset. But again, no YouTube, no Instagram, no Facebook. I don't I definitely don't think I knew what a life coach was at 23. And so it was a lot of just not wanting to feel humiliated, right? But that was mm -hmm. my choice to feel humiliated because the facts were. I didn't have the experience. So there's nothing to be humiliated about if it's like kind of like the first time you're doing things. It's ego. It's ego, right? I mean, this reporter was probably like 15 years older than me. So yeah, of course, if she's comparing my pitch to big pitches, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's ego. And I didn't like the way it felt. And and I vowed that it wasn't going to happen again, but that didn't really teach me much. If anything, it kept me in this space where like, oh, I never want to let people know I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Right? Mm. And it kept digging me into places and putting me into scenarios where I really didn't feel comfortable. And that's, you know, that's related to imposter syndrome. Yeah. You're just like, no, don't want to do that. I don't want to feel that. So if anyone's listening, like if you're feeling a certain, feel it. But get curious about it, right? Like, why, yeah. why do I feel humiliated? Because if we look at success, the first success you have, if we take these basketball players, probably, you know, that were like the best players in their high school. And then they go to a college team where they get and then they get recruited to a major organization. You know, they're so used to being the best. And it's all ego. And then you're not serving for the right reasons because everything's always come easy to you and you have this inflated sense of self. But when you suffer the losses and things don't go the way you expected, everything else gets stripped away from you except the basic essence of who you are and why you're doing this. Right. And like any goal, any journey, it's not about where you're going. It's about who you become in the process. Right. And that's why there's so much more to learn from failure than success can ever give us. Yep. And also when, when you are in that state of humility and growth and learning, even when you have a big win, 
you celebrate it, right? Like we celebrate things all the time, but you're like, okay, like you said, I think we were talking about, we get comfortable, but now I'm like, okay, how can I show up better to serve, right? Like if I won Mm -hmm. with this, what else can I do? Like, how can I serve more? How can, and not even bigger and better because I just want more recognition, but like, it felt good to serve in that moment. So like, how can I do this better? How can I do it for more people? Right. Right. And you're making it about other people instead of you being like, oh, I won. I'm doing good. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But you're missing the whole point, right? You're missing the opportunities of growth that come within failure and successes. Yeah. And if you're always successful, then you're not, you're not taking the time to learn from anybody else because you're in this mindset of I'm the best. You know, I do this better than everybody else. Everything always goes my way. And the biggest killer of growth is probably success because when you're that comfortable, then you start, you stop seeking out other people and their wisdom and what you can learn from other people. There is um, another coach that I really respect. And, you know, she's been doing this for a lot of years. And she said that what she loves to do is hanging around younger coaches to see what they're doing. What are they studying? What are their techniques? Because she says that that always helps her feel fresh. Right. But there's no, because you know, you're coming from a place of growth you don't feel intimidated, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you don't feel inferior because people are younger coming up. You feel like, wow, like I actually get to learn from these people, right? So I think it's just interesting to what, what can happen if you just shift your mindset, right? If you just reframe this piece of what does it mean? And, you know, before the call, we were talking about this happens all the time in big companies, right? Big companies have major losses, mm-hmm. huge losses. Um, and nobody's sitting around being like, well, we're never going to try that again. We're never going to try new things again. Okay. You know, you know like, this is why we to... have, this is why we have to be so anchored in who we are. Like well, Sabrina and I always talk about self-awareness being the first step in changing your life. Because if you know that in your core, what you want to do, the impact that you want to create, who you want to serve, then no matter the setback, you always come back to that. And it's all information. Um, I worked with a mentor that, that talked about, taught me a similar process. And he talked about controlling the controllable. So every day, what are the five things that would help you move the needle in your life, in your business, and whatever it is that you want to achieve? And every day, work on those things, be intentional about getting those things done. And at the end of the day, he said, you're not going to be critical of yourself as to like, oh, you didn't do it. You suck. You see, this is why it's not going to work out for you. This is why everybody else gets this and you don't No, You're going to put on, he's like, put on like a doctor hat and do an analysis objectively and just be like, okay, so, you know, the kid's didn't let me sleep last night. So I didn't wake up at the time that I wanted to wake up. What can I do better tomorrow to make sure that I'm up at the hour I wanted to get up at so I can, you know, spend that hour writing or whatever it is that you want to do with that time. And when you take that judgment off of yourself, 
then you're able to live because that's another great lesson that failure teaches us is to have grace with ourselves. The way you talk to yourself matters. And if you're harsh and critical, first of all, that's not your voice. That's a voice that you learned from somewhere else, but that's another episode of the podcast. But secondly, where does that get you? If you judge yourself and you're critical of yourself for quote unquote mistakes that you've made along the way, where does that take you? I think you made a really, really good point there, which is like, that's not really you. And part of what I really had to learn the hard way is getting to the root of, like you said, the essence of who I know, who I knew I was, right? Like my real intentions. And then really having to become so self-aware of my thoughts and how those were causing me to feel very specific ways, which ultimately leads to the actions that I take, right? So understanding that process, I think for anyone who's listening, who's like, what are they talking about, right? (laughs) I do want to break this down a little bit before we, I want to give you some tangible tools to kind of get started on that process, right? Because like I mentioned, like it took me six years to recover from something that honestly, from the outside, nobody saw as a loss, but like, it also matters how you internalize things, right? So living with that and the way that you sort of really feel like, oh man, I didn't do my best there. I didn't do this. People live with that shame and guilt for years and years and years, right? Now I recover from things much quicker, right? And so the question is, um, how do you start to really form and not how do you really start to form the mind that you need and i know like we we're we're here to help you through personal development and we coach women one-on-one but if you're getting started somewhere you really want to ask yourself like what is not really working and you're gonna have to face into the mirror right you're gonna have to look into the mirror and be like oh, I don't want to talk about that one experience, but like, I really need to talk about it. I really need to start looking and becoming aware of the things that I know are not making me feel good, right? Like becoming self-aware is the very first step in in, in self-mastery, right? Like to be able to become self-aware is so important. And what's your process to, to really start that journey? Well, for me, I think anybody that follows me knows the three things that I do every single day. Just every single day, I pray and I get in relationship with God. And I just want to say this one is important for me in my personal journey of not letting failure get to me because of Romans 8.28, which says, for all things work for the good of those who love God. So if you live every day in faith, you know that no matter what happens, good or bad, it works to take you to your purpose in God. And that gives me peace because I have been through some times and I'm like, what is anything worth it? Like, (laughs) why am I even going to get up today? I mean, even during the pandemic, we were just talking about that earlier. I know we had days. It's like, what's the point of even waking up and getting out of bed today? You know, but when you know that you're living in a God-filled purpose, no matter what happens, God is going to use it for your good. And you might not see what that is today, but eventually you're going to see what he worked out of it. 
I'm, I would do mindset work every single day. And I love to compare it to that, that dirty glass of water where you open up the faucet and you let the fresh water in and you just take the gunk out. And for me, that's even having a conversation with you and other like-minded people that are going to change the way I see things because everything, everything is really about the way we see things. We choose to see things. And of course I move my body because motion creates emotion. And if I'm in a funk, if things aren't going well and I start exercising and I take that time to move my body and I get the endorphins running, all of a sudden I'm in a better mood. So when we talk about self-mastery, it's what are the things that ground you every single day that are going to give you your own validation? Because that's how you create trust in yourself. And that's, that's the fundamental building block of confidence. When you're able to follow through on the promises that you make yourself, I'm going to pray, I'm going to work on my mindset, I'm going to work out or whatever that is for you. And you're able to do that every day. Then you're like, wow, I'm creating discipline. Wow, I can trust myself that I could actually get this done. And I'm not just some hack that quits when things get hard. Yeah, a lot of this really boils down to starting this journey and process of trusting ourselves. I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this, but I would really just sit, like Audrey said, sit in silence, say even, you know, say a prayer where just like, do I really trust, right? Do I really trust in in what I want to do? Do I really trust in myself? Do I trust in my purpose? Do I trust that like I'm worthy of living a purposeful life? You know, that's probably the biggest thing that I have really, you know, learned after all these years. And in the beginning, I just want you to know that in the beginning, these transformations don't happen from one day to the next, right? But in the beginning, if you really don't know where to start, if you can just take 10 minutes to yourself to start listening to a book or reading a book, that's going to start to just shift thoughts in your head. Couple that with a few like-minded people or people who you know are like one or two steps ahead of you really, really helps. Because in the very beginning, none of this makes sense. And you start to question everything. And you're just like, it's really hard to find my purpose. It's really hard to find silence. And, and really, your brain starts to go into like, well, we don't, we don't do that. We don't work out and we don't meditate. Like, literally, it'll find proof of things that have happened in the past to make you feel like you can't do new things. Until you start to do new things. And you're like, Wow, because when I tell you that your mind really shifts and thinks differently, there are things now, I mean, and, and Audrey and I, I think we've been, I would say close for the past, we've known each other for a long time, but I would say over the past four or five years, you've gotten to know me pretty well. And I think that I internalize things so differently now that sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking <laughs> Like, hmm. what was I thinking, you know, and it started with very small steps. So if, if you don't know where to start, the first thing you need to do is stop saying you don't know where to start <laughs> because you do. We're telling you right now, very specific things that really only take a few minutes. With that, I also want to say, like, if you do follow Audrey or myself, but specifically Audrey, because she works out, 
very diligently and disciplined is comparing your journey to hers is not going to serve you. It starts very small. It's, it's like Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So when we tell you to be self-aware, it's asking yourself like, okay, if you're not happy, if there are things that aren't going your way, don't keep doing the same things in life. The hardest part about the whole journey will be to change something. And this is why I love fitness. Fitness for me, it's not about the aesthetics. It's not about losing weight or looking good for, you know, a summer in a bathing suit. For me, it's about the mental fortitude that it creates. So if I'm, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at fitness as muscles to be built, it's the same thing that's going to happen with our daily life and the activities that we choose to do, the way that we train our mindset. It's all muscles that need to be developed. So don't feel bad if you don't have it. Don't feel bad if you can't do it tomorrow or the next day. It's like, what little things can I do every day to just flex that muscle a little bit, flex yeah. that muscle a little stronger? One question, like you said, it starts very small. I think for me, what I get a lot of people sometimes comparing themselves to me is like, how are you always so calm? And I'm like, you know, I, generally speaking, I think I've always been a very calm person, but when I didn't have the right mindset, when I tell you I spiraled, I spiraled, right? I would, I would sometimes just call out of work because I'm like, I can't deal. And I would just cry and really question everything. So the anxiety would really get to me. Um, so I wasn't, outwardly, I was always calm. Now I'm calm outwardly and inwardly, right? Is that mm -hmm. a word? Inwardly. Inwardly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it really started with this practice of getting grounded and really starting to understand the mindset that I needed to be able to to get through the life that I was building. Because the other thing too, is that like you pray for things, right? We wanted a very specific type of business. We wanted to do very specific things. And now, you know, we have to be able to get through that. It's, you know, the most important thing to remember is that always there is a space between the trigger and your reaction. And the way that Sabrina has been able to get calm, the way that anybody grows, especially in this mental journey, this mindset journey, is to take that pause. So when something happens, when you're not happy, with, when there's a failure, when, when there's an obstacle, how you react and how you choose to think about it literally changes everything. And it's, it's expanding that moment of pause and coaching yourself through that moment. Like, well, what is happening? What am I feeling? What is my intention here? What is my desired outcome? Is the way I've always responded going to help me? What do I need to do differently? I want to point out specifically the questions that Audrey just expressed because if you are thinking, because these are some of the questions I get, but I don't know where to start and I can't do what you do. Literally, Audrey just told you what we do. We question ourselves all day, every day. We coach ourselves all day, every day. Because guess what, guys? Nobody's going to come to your house and say, like, how, how did that feel? Mm -hmm. 
what do you think triggered you and how can we make tomorrow better even if you work one-on-one with a coach with both audrey and i do and we coach women we only meet with them once a week for an hour okay i do this all the time sometimes i'm driving and i'm like wait I feel a tension in my chest. What is it? And then I like breathe and I'm like, okay. And I think back, I'm like, yes, that triggered me. What about it triggered me? Yeah. What does it make me feel? Is that true? What it makes me feel? Yeah. So what do I need to do about this? (laughs) Literally all the time. (laughs) I do this all day long. On top of that, I do that with my kids. Just today, when my son was going to sleep, he was telling me something about so they were changing something at the school. And he was like, I don't, I don't know if I like that. And I was like, Do you like change? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, and then he thought about it and he's like, No. And I was like, Well, where do you feel it? Do you feel it in your tummy, in your heart, in your head? He said everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to understand like what he was feeling about this news that he had gotten right because it's so easy to be like oh it's not a big deal what you're feeling is a big deal you know why because your body's making it a big deal right so in the end whether to the outside it looks like it's not a big deal it's really irrelevant in the situation because what matters is how your body is internalizing it if your body doesn't feel safe at one point or another then guess what it matters. Right. And that's why when you said earlier that when you experience a failure to let yourself feel it, that's important too. You're trusting my feelings are valid. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And really, I think you know that like, I, I think, yeah, I coach myself all day long. And sometimes when you do coach, you start coaching those around you and no, 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 Carlos will sometimes go, don't coach me. <laughs> like, I don't need to, but it just happens, right? Because your your brain is always looking for something if it's off, right? It's always looking. You, you start to train yourself to do this. Um, this in, in science, this is called the reticular activation center of your brain. Your brain is literally scientifically programmed to look for whatever you tell it to look. Right. And so for me, I'm always looking for peace. I'm always trying to look for ease, right? And I've defined what that looks like for me very clearly. And so that's what I'm always looking for. And when you feel something, it's because it's there's a, t- a thought that's been triggered. And like the questions that Audrey um, really went through is, literally all we do all day long guys all day long it's all we do and at first i mean i I would imagine that a few people might be listening and saying all day that's exhausting but like audrey says your brain starts to really just behave this way starts very small it's exhausting to be like my life sucks everybody hates me i just want to be by myself i'm never going to amount to anything in my life that's much that's exhausting yeah that actually taxes on you way more long term yeah so then when you have a fight with your spouse or your kids or a friend then it's like oh you see i'm right yeah then it's all validated so that's why this mindset shift from seeing failure as information and success as just comfort 
is so important so that you can take this information that comes at you and do something productive with your life. Yes. I really want to thank everyone who's tuning in because our mission is to be able to give you the tools and resources and stories that are really going to help you understand this version of yourself, it will require a new version of yourself to reach your goals and even feel whatever it is you want to feel, whether it's at ease or confident, all of it is going to require change. But that change is much better to experience than what Audrey says, because that piece that Audrey mentioned, where like, it's exhausting to feel like it's never enough or that you're not that you're inadequate and that like everyone just the whole world is against you that feeling if you focus on that it's you ever notice like if one thing goes bad 10 follow it mm-hmm. it gets bigger and bigger and bigger so i really want to thank everyone um for tuning in once again we had taken a little hiatus but we are back and we want if there's something that resonated in this podcast we want you to screenshot it share it if you really were able to relate to what we talked about or it's helping you share the podcast with someone make sure you subscribe and follow us at the dot dream lab i'm sabrina castillo and i'm audrey diaz robles and we really thank you for tuning in this friday happy friday everybody Thank you for tuning in and joining us. We're excited to be back with you. And if any of this resonated, we want to invite you to the Self Mastery Conference, a full day conference, a personal development conference for Latinas. If you're ready to lean into that feeling that you know you're meant for more, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like this can't be it, I've done everything I could do, I've worked hard, why am I not where I want to be? Or you're ready for that next level. You know that the next step for you is greater than you can handle and you need that support. We want to be there for you. At this full day conference, you will not only lean in to your power, come out more confident and be fully transformed by these extraordinary women coaches, Latina coaches who will be guiding you through this journey. You will also get a glimpse into what it's like to create one of the most successful Latina brands at this moment. Julissa Prado, CEO and founder of Rizos Girls, will be our keynote speaker. We cannot wait to see you there. We will definitely have a happy hour. It's October 16th in New York City. Go to the dreamlab.info for more information and tickets.